The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Lane Kiffin is the new head coach of Ole Miss football. Keith Carter went and landed his man. And because you guys are so excited and you demanded it, this is a Lane Kiffin Sunday special edition of Talk of Champions with two guests coming up, John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated and former Ole Miss defensive lineman Jarrell Poe, both here to break it down, as well as Colin Brister, the regular co-host here on Talk of Champions. But before we really get going, let me tell you about Sola, one of the many proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. So a few years ago, a multi-generation Ole Miss family set out to do something a little different in the world-renowned Oxford culinary community. They wanted to bring a true wine bar to the square. Upon opening the wine bar in 2013, they discovered they had one of the Southeast's best young chefs in Erica Leip. Fascinated by diverse cultures and tastes, Erica proved herself to be a true visionary when pairing food and drink, constantly discovering new pairings, and creating seasonal offerings that took the classics everyone loves and twisting them up a notch to create something truly unique. Fast forward to 2019, the family felt that their food offerings were being undervalued and decided to lean on Erica's incredible culinary talents and rebrand the wine bar into one of the best restaurants in the Southeast. Enter Sola, and the rebrand has been a roaring success. They've broken sales records this fall and look to do the same throughout 2020, and they've accomplished this because they're all about the experience, bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks as served by Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com, S-O-L-A-Oxford.com, or give them a call at 662-238-3500. That's 662-238-3500. Also remember to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, using the at MS on all platforms. Sola in Oxford, on the Oxford Square. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett.
This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister in the co-host chair. It's a Lane Kiffin special edition of Talk of Champions on this Sunday. Got two guests coming up. John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated to cover the recruiting angle of Lane Kiffin. And then Jarrell Poe, former Ole Miss defensive lineman, all-time great to break down what the current players are going through with this coaching transition from Matt Luke to Lane Kiffin. The Lane train not only left the station, it arrived in Oxford, Mississippi, officially announced Saturday after Florida Atlantic absolutely blitzed Bill Clark's UAB. We talked about it a little bit on Thursday, but of all the candidates that Ole Miss considered, and we know that they truly considered at least three finalists, I would say, in Kiffin, Mike Norvell, and Billy Napier to a point. No hire was going to generate the national splash and exposure as well as galvanize the fan base like Lane Kiffin. Good or bad, however it ends, it doesn't matter. Keith Carter has bought his lottery ticket, and now Ole Miss football, after three years, and this is no disrespect to Matt Luke, he took Ole Miss through a very difficult time, but for three years, Ole Miss has not been particularly interesting, namely on a national stage. With Lane Kiffin, they're interesting again. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good way to phrase it as a lottery ticket because, look, I think this is going to work out. I think Lane Kiffin's going to win a lot of football games at Ole Miss. But even if it doesn't, it's not going to fall back on Keith Carter. He's taking a chance and, and trying to catapult Ole Miss into the 21st century uh, from SEC football perspective. And by God, if it works, uh, it, it, that's one thing I've learned throughout this week is, man, it's hard to call the Ole Miss fan base apathetic because they pissed off. They seem like they're all bought in after this hire on Saturday. Before we really get going here on Talk of Champions, I want to put a disclaimer out there. I've been at a Christmas party. I promised y'all a Sunday Lane Kiffin special. I am not sober. I told Colin this going in. It's been a wild week, but Colin's going to be sympathetic to my plight. He's going to allow me to talk way too much. But if I do say something I shouldn't say, do you have the beat button ready? I absolutely have it. Okay. Keith Carter went looking for a head coach with name cachet. And of all the candidates out there for him, Lane Kiffin made the most sense. He was looking for that. And I don't know if I said this on Thursday's show. My brain is fried. But 6-6 six and six with Billy Napier and 6-6 six and six with Lane Kiffin generate two drastically different responses. And that's why the Ole Miss fan base is so fired up today. Billy Napier would have been a good fit, a good hire. But that's not what this fan base needed. They wanted to see Ole Miss take a chance that Ole Miss never takes, ever. For 100 years, Ole Miss has always hired the best fit or the Ole Miss guy. When's the last time that Ole Miss hired a true splash, went out there and got their guy and got him over stiff competition like Arkansas? Never. Hugh Freeze, that was the easiest hire that Archie Manning and Mike Glenn could have made. God, Houston Nutt was just ready for any job. You can tell he's thirsty for a job right now. (laughs) He desperately wants UTSA. But Lane Kiffin, whether he works out or not, and it could go bad. Of course it could. Lane Kiffin was the only answer for a fan base where you had lost a lot of your under 40 fans. You lose them, they don't come back. And this was a move for the future of Ole Miss football. And it's a national conversation. Good or bad, embrace all of it. When's the last time Ole Miss was nationally relevant? It's been a long time. Actually, since 2016, probably, when they won the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. And I was having this conversation earlier tonight with a friend, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but it's a fair point. Um, Today could have been the biggest moment 
in Ole Miss football modern history simply because of what you stood to lose. Like, yes, the Sugar Bowl is was absolutely the. I mean, you were on a national stage, the Cotton Bowl with Eli, the 2008 Cotton Bowl with Texas Tech. But if you get this hire wrong, Ben, I, I think what you mentioned with the under 40 crowd is, is a massive deal. If you get this wrong, you got a chance to really, really lose a, a large portion of your fan base. And from that perspective, I think that my friend that said that's got a point. The Sugar Bowl was a singular Ole Miss moment. The Cotton Bowl, the first one with Eli, a singular Ole Miss moment. It didn't catapult Ole Miss into something else. The Sugar Bowl did not catapult Ole Miss into every year national contention. And I'm not saying that that's what Lane Kiffin is going to do. That's not what I'm saying at all. But for the long-term viability of Ole Miss football, hiring Lane Kiffin has changed that outlook completely. I think you've seen a culture shift. And you wrote about it jokingly. You just wrote culture change, culture change, culture change over and over and over for 1,200 words. But it's true. For the longest, Ole Miss has been run and dictated by the few. And now the younger generation of Ole Miss fan have taken to any avenue they can to express their own opinion to dictate change at their university. And guess what? It worked twice. There was some pushback yesterday or, or Friday and, and Thursday night on Lane Kiffin. And, and whoever you want to give the credit to there, uh, they got it smoothed over. And Lane Kiffin's going to be the football coach in 2020. And I don't think that should be undersold. It wasn't a smooth transition, but credit to a lot of people for getting that done. And look, we've crapped on him a decent bit. Some of it's been his fault. Credit to Glenn Boyce in, in all this. He stayed out of this, and uh, we can't say the same for all chancellors in athletics. Ole Miss has set a precedent of chancellors being way too involved in coaching searches. It's not how it's supposed to be. The athletics yeah. director is supposed to have autonomy to go hire his guy, and the chancellor gets involved when the AD brings the coach to the chancellor to sign off on him. That's yeah. supposed to be about the extent of his involvement. But at Ole Miss, Robert Kayat really got the ball rolling as far as being very involved with who Ole Miss was hiring in sports. But Glenn Boyce, to his credit, signed off on Lane Kiffin despite some reservations from some big-time guys. You can guess who two of them are. And it's not that they were necessarily blocking or trying to block Keith Carter from hiring Lane Kiffin. They preferred Billy Napier. It's a difference in philosophy. The younger generation wanted to see Keith Carter take a chance. The older generation wanted the best fit and what worked for Ole Miss and recruiting territory. The younger generation just wanted to go for it. And if it doesn't work, so what? And that's my biggest takeaway from the entire search and where it ended up. For Keith Carter, if you hire Billy Napier in three years, if it doesn't work, all Ole Miss fans are going to say is, whether fair or not, you could have had Mike Norvell or Lane Kiffin. We reported all week on the Ole Miss spirit that Lane Kiffin preferred Ole Miss to Arkansas. And I cannot tell you how much pushback I got from... Ogville. Yes, just the Arkansas segment of the online community that said that wasn't true. But I had it sourced as close to Lane Kiffin as humanly possible that he preferred <laughs> Ole Miss to Arkansas. And if Ole Miss just got in the ballpark of Arkansas's offer, which had been in front of his face since Sunday, he was going to take Ole Miss because that's the job that he wanted. FAU practiced on Thursday. After that practice in the afternoon, Keith Carter and Lane Kiffin sat down and they met for hours. And they talked about all the, quote, issues that Keith Carter had, or maybe concerns that he had. And they got to a level of trusting each other. They felt comfortable with each other. I don't want to do the thing where 
you trashed the guy that just left. So Ross Bjork, I thought he did a lot of good for Ole Miss. I had a great working relationship with him. He did a lot of good things, but there were a lot of questionable things as well. Okay, let's just leave it at that. Ross Bjork always said he was looking out for the best interest of Ole Miss. I don't doubt that necessarily, but what did that mean to Ross Bjork? To Keith Carter, it means something different. He has sweat and blood equity in Ole Miss. Keith Carter is every bit the invested Ole Miss person as you are. Not to say that Ole Miss should have an Ole Miss person in every single position of power. Lane Kiffin is not that. But for your athletics director, if he has the experience and he understands what the Ole Miss fan wants and has his finger on the pulse of what Ole Miss fans want, that's about the perfect fit. And that's what Keith has proven to be. Because Keith knew to sell tickets, to get the young fan base back, to immediately provide a shot in the arm to a fan base that needed it, Lane Kiffin was the way to go. But he did have his reservations. And a lot of it came from different voices in his ear. He sat down, he talked with Lane Kiffin, they ironed all those things out, he felt comfortable, and he went with his man. Ole Miss never really talked to Billy Napier. They vetted him, there was initial interest mutually shared between both parties, but it never got to that point. I thought for the first couple of days of the search, Monday and Tuesday, that Mike Norvell was the top candidate, and if he turned Ole Miss down, they'd pivot to Billy Napier. Lane Kiffin got serious on Wednesday. But Keith was going to have to have some stones, like I wrote in the Ole Miss Spirit, to make this hire. And he did. He made the hire that he thought was best, despite a lot of external pressure. It wasn't a war between two factions of the fan base, so much as, what was the future of Ole Miss football going to be? Was it time to cede some power to the younger generation, the ones that are going to fill the seats in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium? It's a big-time hire, man. It, galvanizing this fan base has been impressive. You haven't had a united Ole Miss fan base since since they left the Superdome on January 1st, 2016. Um, so you're completely right. I mean, Keith Carter did one well of a job and smoothing over any reservations that some influential people had. And, and this is the result. It's crazy. You know, you had a lot of people when he's named, you know, the athletic director. And, and I'm not going to say it's unfair that, uh, simply said, you know, oh, he only got this job because he's an Ole Miss guy. And my argument has always been just because you're an Ole Miss guy shouldn't disqualify you from jobs at Ole Miss. But just because you're an Ole Miss guy shouldn't give you special privileges either. But I do think we're seeing if you do have somebody with Ole Miss ties and they are qualified to do the job, what kind of benefit that can bring in. We'll get right back to Colin Brister in this Lane Kiffin special edition of Talk of Champions. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, and Cheney's Pharmacy. I think we can all agree that Oxford has expanded. Our small little town, the home of the Ole Miss Rebels, is now jam-packed with new developments across the board from housing to restaurants, shops. And while Oxford is bustling like never before, it's made it hard on all of us to find the perfect home in the perfect spot. No one wants to spend three hours going to the grocery store. Fortunately, the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, is here for you. An innovative new development brought to you by John Welty Realty. It's just blocks from the historic Oxford Square, offering 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses, setting a new standard for community living with keen detail to ease and classic elegance. One day you might be hungry. You take a few steps outside your front door, go to the grocery store. Maybe you'll get a drink at the brewery. Maybe spend some time shopping at one of the many offerings that the Lamar will have once development is done. Build-out is happening right now, so get in while you can. The houses are modern. 
open concept, one bedroom, two bedroom, whatever you're looking for in a home, the Lamar has the perfect spot for you. But you want to learn more, so call John Welty today, 662-638-6710. That's 662-638-6710. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. The Lamar is hot. The only place to live in this jam-packed town that we call home, Oxford, Mississippi. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. When it's football season, all you want to do is be around football. Even when you make your trip to the pharmacy, you want to see Ole Miss. The best pharmacy to go to, the only Ole Miss pharmacy really to go to, is Cheney's Pharmacy for all your pharmaceutical needs. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online, Cheney'sPharmacy.com. And Cheney's Ole Miss is always in season. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The staff is going to be interesting. The first name for OC I heard pop up was Kendall Bryles, potentially. For DC, one of Randy Shannon, Charlie Strong, maybe Mike McIntyre. Love Oxford on the Ole Miss Spirit message board. And I would usually not cite a subscriber, but Love Oxford, I don't need to tell you how well-sourced he is. Love Oxford, he's been in the big chair in a lot of places. (laughs) Tremendous dude, and he's about as plugged in as you can get. Besides Bunky's brothers. Well, of course. Bunky's brother is the best source for Ole Miss Athletics information. But Love Oxford, who you should always listen to, says that the new OC is going to be Jeff Lebby from Central Florida. Whoever it is, what a place to start offensively. Jacob Peeler is going to get an interview, sit-down interview with Lane Kiffin to stay, potentially. Derek Nix is going to be talked to. Tyler Siski, Brennan Chapman. There are a number of guys in the recruiting and on-field offices that are going to be talked to by Lane Kiffin. He is going to build a heck of a staff. What's going to be interesting is should, as expected, Joe Brady gets promoted to offensive coordinator. Frank Wilson is likely, you would assume, to go to Ed Orgeron's staff. But don't think for a second that Lane Kiffin isn't going to pursue Frank Wilson. And I mentioned this as a possibility, I think, on Thursday. If anything happens to Pete Golding at Alabama, and even if it doesn't, Lane Kiffin is probably going to engage Pete Golding in some way. So there are a lot of possibilities. One thing you can take to the bank is this staff is going to be filled up with accomplished coaches and dynamite recruiters. And what a way for Ole Miss to get itself off the mat. And pardon the pun, because Matt Luke took Ole Miss through one of its hardest times ever. Matt Luke's doing fine. He's about to go to the Bahamas for a month. Good for him. Don't have to worry about Matt Luke. He's doing okay. But Ole Miss needed this, this kind of shot in the arm, desperately. And it didn't get really serious until Wednesday. I posted a huge update at like 8.30 in the morning on Wednesday saying, I finally got something firm on Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss is engaged with Lane Kiffin. But I wanted to temper the expectations because there were some real reservations. But you, the young fan base, and I'm not saying young like 20-year-old, but you were part of it, 40 and younger, 45 and younger, you did it. Your voice went out. Keith Carter, when he says, I'm doing what's in the best interest of Ole Miss, you know where it's coming from. You and I talked about this ad nauseum. It's unfortunate that he was the last of the three, quote, national searches. 
He was the hire for AD after two guys in Glenn Boyce and Matt Luke who had no business getting the jobs they got because they weren't qualified. But Keith was qualified for this job, and he just proved his mettle. He had to look a couple of people in particular in the face, listen to them, convince them that where they thought Ole Miss should go wasn't the best course, that Lane Kiffin was the best course, and he did. It was impressive that, that Keith was able to get done what he got done last Sunday, and man, what a difference a week makes i mean you're, you're looking at last saturday night this fan base could not be more apathetic and you look now and man everybody's bought in and you know it, it's funny we always say and, and it's correct but in, in a sense it's not we always say you know twitter and, and the internet's not real life and you know I, it's not I, I get that but i can also assure you that people's voices were heard twitter and emails keith carter heard what you were saying about Matt Lou, what you were saying about Lane Kiffin. And I think he took it to heart. You know, I'm not going to say an outcry from uh, the Ole Miss community on Twitter and, and through email messages. Look, I don't think Keith Carter hired a football coach because of the outcry on Twitter, but I sure as hell don't think it hurt either. You never hire a coach based on fan sentiment, but you're dumb. You're a fool if you don't at least listen to it. The best AD listens to every single opinion that he values, and then he makes what he feels is the best decision for his school moving forward. And that's Lane Kiffin. You hire Billy Napier, three years it doesn't work. Ole Miss fans, they blame you. Lane Kiffin, if he fails in three years, they're not going to blame you. They're going to say, Keith, go take another shot. Go give it another go. Keith has protected himself professionally. Sometimes the obvious hire is just the right hire. It's okay to go obvious. Remember what we said on Thursday? Ole Miss is going to be the villain in college football no matter what. And you saw it when they announced Lane Kiffin. Pat Forty's dumbass saying what he said. You had a number of national media come out and say, I'm Ole Miss going to Ole Miss. They're always going to say that about you. It wouldn't have mattered who you hired. They were going to say something with a negative slant about you. So if you're going to be the villain anyway, embrace that shit. And Ole Miss did. Not that Lane Kiffin is a villain, but Lane Kiffin with these national media hacks is a divisive figure. There is a track record for a little bit of that, I grant you. So, if you're going to be the villain, hire the guy that'll piss them off. I love it. Same thing with opposing fan bases, state fans, Arkansas fans. They're all angry. Ben, if you're an Arkansas fan today, I bet you sure do wish you had Lane Kiffin. I'll I'll get in trouble for this one in in the Mafia OBM I mentioned. I bet if you're a Mississippi State fan today, you sure wish you had Lane Kiffin instead of that damned Egg Bowl trophy. (laughs) (laughs) Let's <laughs> just keep it real here. And another thing about this before we get to John Garcia Jr. for a recruit check, because the recruiting angle for Lane Kiffin is fascinating. You're going to want to hear what John has to say because it's great stuff. Obviously, the current players, after the meeting with Keith Carter, were angry. I was not one of those that went to the IPF to get some player reaction. You know what the reaction is going to be. Now, I don't begrudge those that did. Nick Suss, my coworker at the Ole Miss Spirit, David Johnson, I get why you did it, because it is newsworthy to a point. you got to understand the emotion that's going to be involved. And you also have to understand the current media environment, where Barrett Salee, and I love Barrett. I've known him a long time. He's a great dude. But Barrett does not break news. He sure as hell is going to aggregate some stuff, though. And when you run with a quote from Chandler Tewitt saying half the roster is going to transfer, that's just aggregation fodder for folks like Barrett Salee. And again, I think Barrett's a great dude, and I think he does some good work. But in that case, wasn't a great look. And Barrett went on the radio with different shows and said that Ole Miss didn't know what it was doing. Keith Carter had a plan. 
The floor for this search was Billy Napier. And if the floor for this search is Billy Napier, you ran a good search. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly right. Billy Napier loses today in the uh, Sunbelt title game, but obviously they're a well-coached football team. And he's done a well of a job. It, he was rumored that if, if Moorhead was to leave, that he would get the job at State. Uh, you know, he's obviously there was some mutual interest with him and Ole Miss. Kind of stinks for him that he kind of misses out on both of those. But uh, I feel like he'll get a pretty good job here soon. And this is another thing, too. Back when Hugh Freeze was pulling in top five classes, it was, oh, Ole Miss is cheating. And, and I'll ask your opinion here. Ole Miss starts pulling in top five classes again. Is it not going to be, well, that's just Lane Kiffin, and that's kind of what he does? No, they're going to say <laughs> Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin are cheating. They're putting their middle finger up to the NCAA. And you know what? Good. Good. <laughs> if you can take one thing away from every school's NCAA dealings over the last handful of years is that you should never cooperate. Missouri cooperated, and the NCAA thanked them, and they crushed them. Ole Miss cooperated, and they crushed them. North Carolina didn't cooperate, said, come and give it a shot, and nothing happened. So if you're Ole Miss, so what? The NCAA comes back, and this is for all you schools out there, Mississippi State fans that are going to listen to this and say, well, Ben's condoning cheating. See, that's the problem. You need to change your mind. You need to stop defending an archaic system that intentionally suppresses the labor force and become pro-player. Because if you become pro-player, you'll be on the right side of this historically. History will look back on you and say, you were on the right side. And if you're Mississippi State and the NCAA comes calling, you know what you should say to them? There's the door. You got subpoena power? You don't? Piss off. Every school out there, Arkansas, Ole Miss State, Auburn, Alabama, I don't care how you get kids. I don't care how much money kids get. Michigan writer comes out and says, Michigan is a beacon of excellence in a sea of bagmen and cheating. Michigan cheats its balls off. Don't call it cheating. Stop perpetuating that lie. The black market was created by the NCAA. Chris Kiffin's show calls went out, expired last week. He could come back to Ole Miss if he wanted to. I don't think that's going to happen. But let's just say it did. He was listed in Ole Miss's second in a way. All the Laramie Tunsil couch stuff was Chris Kiffin. It would be quite comical, actually. And Pat Forty would probably get his Jimmy so rustled that he would have a conniption. If you had Chris Kiffin on staff, Lane Kiffin as head coach, and the NCAA comes crawling in, and you tell him to piss off, and you land top five classes. My kingdom for Chris Kiffin to come back and then to sign Trooper Taylor. Just give me that and, and let Pat Forty go to right. I've heard the Trooper Taylor stuff. I don't believe it. Trooper Taylor has been floated for a lot of staffs. That's a really hard sell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, though. But it's a really hard sell. But if you're Arkansas, and we got to get to John Garcia, but if you're Arkansas, why are you not going after Hugh Freeze? Unless Greg Sankey, like he did last year when Gus Malzahn wanted to hire Freeze as OC, puts a kebab on it and says, no, 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 no. Hugh Freeze can't come back right now. Greg Sankey does nothing. Greg Sankey is a stick in a suit. Greg Sankey doesn't protect his member institutions. He doesn't go to bat for them. If anybody has evidence that he does, I would love to hear it. Please, please give that to me. Because my perception is Greg Sankey is a nothing commissioner. He is a commissioner in name only. On freeze, uh, first of all, Memphis is open, so that'll be fun. Um, I told you that's going to be real. Now, I heard that Norvell's number two, who had NFL opportunities over the last couple of years, stayed under the impression that he would get a real shot at Mike Norvell's spot, assuming Mike left. But Hugh Freeze, nothing has changed for Hugh Freeze. He's the same person he's always been. Sliding into DMs, Twitter searching his name, 
He needs to stay at Liberty. My only thing is, what is Hugh Freeze's long-term goal? Is it is it to get back into the SEC? Because then I'd argue you probably need to go to Memphis and to win 10 games a year for three years. Uh, but what I was kind of going at is, what's from tell these SEC schools to telling Sankey to kick rocks and I'm hiring Hugh Freeze? Look, I get it. He's the commissioner. can't stop you from hiring who you want to, can he? That's what I'm saying. Make the best decision for your school. If you're Arkansas, is it really in your best interest to hire your interim head coach? Why are you not pivoting immediately to Billy Napier? Because your coaching search is now bordering on disaster. Willie Fritz would be great for you. Missouri's interested in Willie Fritz. I heard there's some interest in Billy Napier. Brian Harson's got some interest there in Missouri. Fits more of his recruiting territory. If you're Arkansas, there are options for you. You could go get the Appalachian State guy tomorrow. But Ole Miss had a hell of a search. Ole Miss has not only beaten these schools to the punch with probably what I would think is at least, at the worst, a top three coaching search candidate in this cycle, probably number one. You've gotten out ahead of it. So now all these schools are scrambling. Missouri not so much because I think if they end up with Willie Fritz, they've got a good fit there with him. I think he's going to be the Kermit Davis to whoever hires him. If you're Arkansas, why wasn't your floor like Ole Miss, Billy Napier, Will Healy? The Will Healy's of the search, and I reported this when all the Will Healy noise came down, and that barstool dude, man, were you wrong. (laughs) Holy shit, were you wrong. He didn't even get interviewed. The Will Healy's of the search, the Bill Clarks. Ole Miss was not going to get to either of them unless the search drug in the next week, next Wednesday or something. That's the only way. All that Will Healy noise that you heard earlier this week, that was coming from one person in particular that Keith gauged the opinion of. But Will Healy was not a true candidate for Ole Miss until it was time for him to become a candidate. Billy Napier was the floor. If you're Arkansas, why is Billy Napier not your floor? There are capable candidates out there for you. Missouri, same thing. I think Missouri's going to be fine. But what you've done, Keith Carter, in landing lane now, and only taking a week to land your guy, is you've gotten in front of those schools and you've provided yourself an opportunity to salvage a transition class, and you got the one guy, as John Garcia is about to tell you, that immediately brings name cachet with recruits. He's still known in Alabama. He's known all over Florida. He's known nationally. And for the first time since Ed Ordron in the first couple of years under Hugh Freeze, Ole Miss is about to go national with his recruiting efforts because Lane Kiffin brings that to you immediately. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I've got to get Talk of Champions on Spotify. Someone mentioned it to me on the Ole Miss Spirit. I'm sorry. I thought I had it on Spotify. That's on me. We're going now to John Garcia of Sports Illustrated for a Recruit Check. Recruit Check is brought to you by Impact by Ironwood. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right, Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. Wow. You're here. I'm here. Let's do this! 
time for a recruit check on this Lane Kiffin special edition of Talk of Champions. And the only person to go to is Sports Illustrated's John Garcia Jr., good friend of the program. John, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing well. Uh, exciting weekend, obviously, always is. But uh, certainly uh, jealous of you guys over, over by the Grove, especially when Lane gets in town. You covered Lane's recruiting at Alabama. You've covered Lane's recruiting in Florida. What kind of recruiter is Lane Kiffin? Well, he's always had that natural talent and charisma for, you know, getting somebody in a room and convincing them to do something. You know, it's it, we go crazy into looking at why why this guy's good or why this guy's bad. And he's he's just a people person. He's just somebody who can sit down and win you over in a very, very short amount of time. And what makes Lane sort of different is that he's able to do that not only with the kids, but with the parents with the high school coaches. He comes in, especially now with this pedigree of, of experience. And that was really the only thing that he didn't have very early on the USC days, even the Tennessee days. Um, it was kind of like, well, coach's son, you, you got a good chance and, and, and you kind of blew it to some degree um, despite some really nice offensive concepts. Well, now he's matured and, and kind of picked up things here and there uh, throughout the different staffs he's been on and the different rosters he's been on and has been able to put it all together into a really nice, you know, molded ball of, of recruiting power, you know, for lack of a better phrase. Um, Lane is still that guy in recruiting. He's still able to go coast to coast and pull guys. His pull on the West Coast in particular is still as strong as ever. He didn't use it as much at FAU, uh, but certainly at Alabama there the last couple of years, you saw it every single year. I mean, I don't know. He recruited two at Tingle Vailoa. He ID'd him. He pushed for that very, very early on. Um, so I think when you when you look at that recruitment, and remember, Alabama had Jake Fromm committed. Um, it was it was really kind of a smooth situation with him until Kirby Smart, you know, left for that Georgia job and, and finally offered Jake uh, for his hometown or his home state school, I should say, Really, there was already a plan in place with Lane, and I think that was one of the initial signs of his maturity. Okay, we're, we're only taking one quarterback, but now let's go. Let's go to the West Coast. Let's go on a guy that I've liked for a while, even though we had this other kid committed. You know that kind of structure and plan. I don't think you would have seen in the younger Lane Kiffin. So he's he's meshed kind of all the concepts that have made him an elite recruiter, um, and combined it with experience. So now when you throw him in as the head coach of an SEC West program who is, has now, you know, competed with or against the rest of the division successfully. Now I think it has some upside uh, where, where we didn't get to see it at FAU, even though he won 10 games in, in two of three years and, and blew out a very good UAB team uh, on Saturday. I think that's where it really starts to get interesting. The offensive concepts, um, the coaches who, who he can build around, all of those things I think are, are a given and, and were part of the reason uh, Ole Miss attacked Lane Kiffin for this role. But I think the recruiting upside at a school like that is, is really something we, we're unsure of. We don't know how high um, this thing could go. Obviously, it's an amazing division, but I think this is the perfect sort of wrinkle to throw into it because he's he's one of those wrinkles that on, on a good day, man, it, it's really, really good. And I think that's, that's what a school like Ole Miss needs at this point. That voice you hear is John Garcia Jr. at John Garcia underscore Jr. on Twitter. Works for Sports Illustrated. Okay, so I kind of touched on this 
last week in the second edition of Talk of Champions about the challenges that whoever Ole Miss was going to hire was going to face next week. Because the Missile game, it kicks off on Monday. Once those kids, the top prospects in Mississippi and Alabama, arrive in Hattiesburg to go through game week, all schools cannot contact them except through text. So what do you think about the Missile Challenge and also Lane and his name and what it means for recruiting this minute as Ole Miss tries to build a transition class? There's always two main points with, with the Mississippi-Alabama game. Uh, first of all, in the state of Alabama and with those kids, the Lane Kiffin name is still, I mean, gosh, top five, top six. I mean, th- offensively especially, that name is, is already there. It's as if he was at Alabama this year, you know, I think, for those kids. Um, and, and the ones on the Ole Miss roster that I, you know, I follow on Twitter from Alabama, they were sort of the first ones to kind of go crazy publicly uh, about Lane. And it, and it just shows you that they lived it. They were, you know, they were in the state when, when he was putting his hands up, you know, right when the ball was snapped and he knew that Amari Cooper was going to catch a bomb, things like that. Um, they remember those things. So in the state of Alabama, I have zero doubt that uh, his name will resonate through and through. And then with Mississippi um, in particular, this week always provides a surprise or two, right? An emerger or group of emergers that we really weren't talking about early in the week. I remember going to the first practice and I'm like, who is this John Rice Plumley guy? I mean, he looks pretty athletic. I'm not sure much about him. What is Georgia doing taking him? There was all the questions around him were kind of vague. Uh, and obviously we know what, what he became. And it was really this week where his recruitment began to change at this time last year. So there's always a situation like that uh, in this game um, as it gets bigger, as the prospects get better, as both states continue to elevate. Um, And I think that's where Ole Miss can really take advantage. Obviously, it's an in-state school for these kids, and there's going to be a certain buzz. I mean, the timing couldn't be better for rolling into this week because, you know, we in the media are going to ask these kids about it when we get there, when they get there, I should say. Um, and it's going to be talked about amongst each other. Hey, do you know Lane? Can you put me in touch with Lane? You know, what are they looking for at Ole Miss? There's going to be a natural curiosity, especially with a coaching change not happening on the other side of the state. I think that actually helps Ole Miss in terms of just the immediacy of recruiting, maybe even to grab a guy by the early period. Um, pushing him to February, of, of course, will we'll be on the docket. But I think you, you could potentially snag a guy now because of the name and what comes with it on December 18th, which is, is not something you would say with every coaching candidate out there. So, again, the timing here is, is about as good as it gets. And that's the point, right? And it's no knock on these other yeah, coaching candidates that Ole Miss was in on, but even Mike Norvell, Billy Napier, neither one of those guys, even Norvell, who's been wildly successful in Memphis, the name is not the same. And in the age of social media, when kids control their own messaging – Having Lane's name out there associated with Ole Miss, that matters. A million percent. I mean, you talk about social media. I mean, that is Lane Kiffin, right? He's matured in a lot of areas, but where he has progressed uh, strategically, I think, is social media. That's where he knows he can kind of poke in and around and and, and make some jokes and and go back to to Bama and trolling Bama and supporting Bama and just kind of in and out of the SEC on this, this expanding Nick Saban tree. Um, yeah, everybody knows about Lake Kiffin. He has like half a million followers. There's not a whole lot of group of five coaches, no disrespect to any of them, who have, who have half that or a quarter of that. Um, so when it comes to, to that pure buzz, and, and like you said, that's the point. You want to get people talking on the front end. Now, if he 
hires this great staff that we think he probably will because of his connections and how, how long he's been doing it, which is, again, something we take for granted a little bit because we think of Lane as, as this young sort of wild card outlaw, if you will. Um, he's not that anymore. He's, he's been in this game a very long time now, and he's recruited well for a very long time now. I think some of that is, is, is sort of uh, taken for granted a little bit in looking at Lane. But in terms of social media buzz, uh, and the name immediately making you say, well, dang, I'd look at Ole Miss. This is as good as it could have gotten uh, for the Rebels. So where do you think he'll stand as far as recruiting against the other big recruiters in the SEC? Ed Ordron at LSU, Nick Saban at Alabama, on and on down the line. Gus Miles on at Auburn. You're saying he can hang in there. He's going to hang in there. He's going to hang in there, especially offensively. Lane is is a very good early identifier of of talent, uh, especially on offense, especially at quarterback, which we all know that that's where this whole ball game begins. You know, coaches live and die at that position, um, and he has always been able to be ahead of the curve uh, in the quarterback evaluation room. Heck, he just think of this: if you take nothing else from from however long I've been on here, he's the guy who basically Nick Saban said, okay. Let's open it up. And for years, you, you know, Ben, you, you've, you've been covering this division forever. How long have people said, man, imagine if Alabama went to the spread, right? That was the conversation when I got into the business. Man, imagine if these athletes could really just go. And, and Lane was the guy in place when Nick finally said, okay. So he obviously knows that culture, took some from it. He's, he's coached with Kirby. He coached against all the other guys you mentioned um, and with at different points. So, uh, again, in terms of a cultural fit in that division, this is the most seasoned pro you could have hired. Um, There is so much familiarity here, and it goes both ways, certainly. But in recruiting, uh, it goes to the younger guy. It goes to the more innovative guy. And Lane Kiffin himself, as we mentioned earlier, not only has he matured, but he's adapted to the times uh, in recruiting. And he's been willing to be an early adapter uh, not only on the field, but certainly off of it as a recruiter and I think as a coach uh, as well. You haven't heard – many negative things at all uh, about FAU over the last couple of years. Maybe the, his blind refs fine or something like that. That's about it. So he's not, it doesn't seem like he's, he's towing the line as much as, as most people would assume Lane Kiffin would have towed the line at a school like FAU. When Ed Orgeron was hired at Ole Miss, Ole Miss had never seen a caliber of recruiting as Ed Orgeron brought to Ole Miss. Now, Hugh Freeze came from that tree, and Hugh Freeze went national with Ole Miss recruiting. The recruiting for Hugh Freeze trailed off towards the end. Lane Kiffin, I would argue, not since Ed Ordron has Ole Miss hired someone who, once he steps on campus, you're immediately nationally relevant and in the conversation, and you're recruiting a caliber of player, or at least getting interest from a caliber of player you otherwise wouldn't have gotten, not limited to your regional recruiting, based solely on who's in the head job. Absolutely. We mentioned his ability to, to identify early, which is obviously key for a, a quote-unquote up-and-coming program. But that instant credibility in, in California, which, by the way, the Pac-12 is, is as weak as it's ever been in terms of being California-centric, but the players are still in California, right? So in terms of the input in California, South Florida, where he's lived the last few years, which is still ground zero in college football recruiting, which is now all of a sudden, you know, not too far. It's about Early identification, one, and two, getting the kids on campus. So the earlier you can identify, and with these new rules in place, the, the earlier official visits, the accelerated timeline, these bus tours that, that the southern states are known for, now guess what? Ole Miss is absolutely going to be on that docket. Because not only do the kids want to go there, but 
their trainers and their seven on seven coaches and their high school coaches, they want to stop in and see what the heck's going on over there. Cause maybe they hadn't under the last couple of staffs or what have you. So yeah, instant national credibility, instant national interest, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So I think he's got work to do in, in terms of hiring a defensive staff, things like that. But again, he's been around the literal best on that side of the ball. So I do think that he's got a better blueprint right now than, than he's ever had. And I think that instant credibility, again, once it translates to some wins, I think will help on both sides of the football. But there's no doubt that you're immediately national. If you're an Ole Miss fan, yes, Mississippi's important and Alabama's important and, and Lane Kiffin knows that. He's lived it. But he also knows you have to go national in 2019 in the spread era, in the space game. You, know, you have to be coast to coast. And, and Ole Miss, I would imagine, will do that immediately. No disrespect at all to Matt Luke. He carried Ole Miss through one of the toughest times in its history football-wise, but the excitement had been zapped, and Ole Miss was not interesting for most everyone nationally. And for the first time in three years, and you know it better than anyone because you cover recruiting on a daily basis, Ole Miss is interesting again, and I think that's the biggest takeaway. When Ole Miss is great, that's the beginning of the conversation. Like We're watching Ole Miss coast to coast. And that, like you said, that just hasn't been happening the last few years, even though a lot of exciting football for those of us down south who have still watched them. But nationally, you know, people in Ohio probably aren't watching Ole Miss football, but they they damn sure were a few years ago. And they damn sure will be now because Lane Kiffin is now the head coach of Ole Miss football. He's John Garcia. You got to watch that first game. That first game. I don't know who they play. Baylor and Houston. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I'm watching. At John Garcia underscore junior on Twitter, he writes for Sports Illustrated. My man, my friend, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll do it again. Absolutely, Ben. Thanks for having me on. That was John Garcia, Jr. of Sports Illustrated. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a food of 247 Sports. If you didn't know by now, Talk of Champions is powered by BNA Bank. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. We touched on it a little bit before we jumped to John Garcia Jr. about the current players and how angry they were when Matt Luke was fired. You expect emotion. You're starting to see a lot of reaction coming out there from the current roster excited about Lane Kiffin. Shocker how that happens. (laughs) I alluded to it on Thursday that Grant Tisdale, who entered the transfer portal, could potentially be coming back. That he was waiting to see who the coach was going to be, and he would make a decision after that. I want to say something real quick. He went into the portal... Two schools reached out to get the information on him, but they weren't Power 5 schools. They weren't even G5 schools. The transfer portal is a cruel, cruel mistress because every kid thinks that when they go in there, they're going to Florida, Alabama, they're jumping to Ohio State. Here's the harsh reality. For most kids that go to the portal, these schools view you as damaged goods while the 2020 class that's upcoming, all of those guys, they look like shiny new toys, right? They're the shiny new car to drive off the lot. Grant Tisdale... Entered the portal. He was gone. Nate Gabler reported on Saturday that Grant Tisdale is coming back. We're not getting it that strongly, but I alluded to it on Thursday. That is a possibility. David Johnson works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit. He talked to Mike Tisdale 
Grant Tisdale's dad. Grant is discussing matters with his family, but a final decision has not been made. He did, Mike said, concede. It's looking that way. This is what's going to happen with a lot of guys that were potentially going to, quote, transfer. That's why it's dangerous if you're Barrett Salee to aggregate a quote from an emotional Chandler to it saying that half the roster is going to transfer. Wait, Lane Kiffin not only brings you recruiting momentum like John Garcia spoke of, but he brings you momentum for your current roster. See how things turn around when you potentially make the right hire? It's uh, I can make an argument that less kids are going to transfer now than what we're going to transfer um, had they retained Matt Luke because I think there was a uh, I don't want to call it you know as, as a colleague of yours said a, a mass exodus but I think there would have been some guys transfer that Ole Miss fans would have been uh, upset about and I I think there's a pretty good possibility that they stay now uh, you mentioned one in Tisdale I expect Matt Corral to be here for the spring although I, I'm sure there's a chance he still could leave. I'm not really sure what you benefit by leaving either, though. If you if you leave, you're going to have to sit out a year regardless. Why not try to stick it out through the spring if you're going to have to sit a year regardless? Um, you mentioned it. It's emotional kids, and, and they say these things. But the same guys that were giving these quotes about they hate Ole Miss and F Ole Miss and all that stuff are the same guys on Twitter that are excited about hiring Lane Tiffin. At some point, we do just have to realize that these are kids. I said a lot of dumb stuff when I was 21 years old. I say a lot of dumb stuff at 26 years old now. I say a Um, lot of dumb stuff at 34, man. (laughs) At some point, we just have to accept these guys are young kids and and take some of the stuff they say with a grain of salt. Everything's probably going to smooth itself out. The beauty of you and me recording this late Saturday in a situation that is as fluid as Lane Kiffin to Ole Miss, it's done. He's coming, obviously. They officially announced it, but there's some coaching staff rumors out there and transfers and non-transfers, recruits and all this stuff. We're getting stuff in real time as we record. David's reporting on the Ole Miss Spirit that Jeff Lebby is close to being named the new OC at Ole Miss. So you never know. We could have just broken some news on this here Talk of Champions podcast. Lane Giffen edition. Yeah. What a strange, strange trip it's been. But there are a lot of things going on with Ole Miss football, not the least of which is the current roster, how the players are handling it. Jarrell Poe was on the roster when Ole Miss transitioned from Edo to Houston Nut. It's never easy, but players are adaptable. It's part of the business. And Houston Nutt ultimately carried Ole Miss to two Cotton Bowls. He was terrible and just piggybacking on top of Ed Orgeron's talent, but he did take them to two Cotton Bowls. And for that, players such as Jarrell Poe are forever thankful. And he joins us right now on the Modern Woodman phone line. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. 
where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line in this Lane Kiffin special edition of Talk of Champions. I called him up, Big Poe, Jarrell Poe, Ole Miss legend, and said, Poe, I'm trying to throw together a podcast on the fly. He said, let's do it. So here we go. Poe, what's up, man? Man, what's going on, buddy? So how you feel about Lane Kiffin Ole Miss? I mean, I'm excited about it. I mean, Lane got a lot of coaching experience. Uh, he come from a good background. Up on his dad and uh, coached a lot of football. So I'm excited for him to come in and get things turned around and get the program going in the uh, right direction. There's a sentiment out there that Ole Miss needed to make a hire like this, that fan apathy and just general excitement wasn't there. Ole Miss fans needed that shot in the arm. Do you think Lane Kiffin, that name recognition, that big splash, it's the right time for this for Ole Miss? I, I definitely agree. So, especially with um, recruit um, coming up, uh, I know we lost a couple of players and stuff. So we needed some. Uh, we needed to bring some excitement to the program. Get the uh, get these kids excited about coming to play at Ole Miss. And I think we got the right job. We, I think we got the right hire for the job. It's similar to me, not necessarily to Ed Orgeron, because Ed didn't have the type of head coaching experience when he was hired that Lane does. But as far as recruiting goes, Ed already had a reputation out there, and Lane already has a reputation out there. Right. So how important is that for someone who had Ole Miss gone a different direction? You bring in the name, you bring in the splash, they've already got that clout. That helps, right? Oh, yeah, most definitely. That's one of the, uh, that was one of the key factors in me going to Ole Miss, I remember back when he had called me and let me know that he had got the head coach job at Ole Miss and he asked me to just give him an opportunity to recruit me. And I mean, he came down after what, three days after they won the national championship and knocked it out of the park. Man, I, I fell in love with the guy. He had a hell of a job recruitment. He came on Ole Miss and flipped from LSU. So I think it's very important. I ain't got a great uh, background in recruiting. So I think it's really good for us. It's going to help us out a lot, especially with us losing a lot of players and got a lot of guys signed on. So be real big for us. You look at Coach Joe, he's a good example of what Ole Miss hopes Lane Kiffin will be, right, to where he learned from his past coaching stops. He took the good, got rid of the bad, and he can become right. the best version of himself. What have you seen transformationally from Ed Ordron as far as what he's become as a head coach? And can Lane use that as an example of what he could potentially be? I think Lane can use that as an example um, from watching Ed progress. They are good friends. Um, I think Lane has made a big change in his coaching style. Uh, I read what Ed doesn't do the things he used to do when he first became a head coach. So, I mean, guys learn from from the way they used to do things. I think uh, Lane definitely has progressed. I think he's going to do a good job at Ole Miss. I'm behind him 100%. I just hope that everyone gets behind him, give him the time that he needs to get this program turned in the right direction and just be patient with him. Did you get a general sense last year that the excitement had been zapped away? Did you feel that? Well, I think, Matt, first of all, let me say this, Matt did a hell of a job with what he was dealt with. Uh, I think that uh, I definitely 100% was behind Matt. I think we did pretty good with what we was dealt with because if you look, if, if you actually pay attention to the games, I mean, we actually didn't lose number two true games in my eyes. I mean, everything else we had an opportunity. I mean, we lost to LSU, we lost to Alabama. So I think that 
we had opportunity. I mean, those kids are young. They made young mistakes, but they played their heart out and gave us the opportunity to win in a new number of games. So I was excited with what I saw. With, you know, I mean, you just tell that they was just young, making young mistakes. So, I mean, I'm excited, like I said earlier, to get behind these guys and just see, get behind the line and just turn this program around. Let me ask you this. When Ed O was recruiting you, he put no ceilings on what Ole Miss could be. I know that he's not going to ask your or my advice, but if you could give Lane advice about selling Ole Miss. I would just tell him to just go in there and just, you know, just just say the guys on having a winning attitude and kind of bring that, that, that discipline attitude. You know what I mean? I mean, in the game, you got to be disciplined in everything you're doing all, on the field and off the field. That, that's how true champions are born. So just groom the guys just to be true champions on and off the field. And I think that will make a complete football player and a good, complete team. When you look at the current players on the roster, you are a guy that everybody listened to. I know a coaching change is tough. Y'all went through it. But what is the transition going to be like for these guys and for those that might be considering leaving? How do you approach that kind of stuff? I mean, what's it like transitionally when you're going through a head coaching change? Well, a lot of guys is uh, a little upset. I read well from uh, Matt being fired. I think that, that what's going to be important is uh, for, for Lane to come in and just rally the guys around him and just believe that, that he's the right hire. I think that's one of the things that uh, Houston did when he came is uh, we was heartbroken by Ed leaving and he was just told us, you know, you know, just he was going to get us to a bowl game and we just believed in him and he wanted us just to buy in. So that's be the main thing, just getting guys to – buy in and truly believe in what he's bringing to Ole Miss. And I think he'll do a good job at it. I mean, once he get get in front of those guys, get them excited and find ways to bring excitement to the program, the guys will buy in. They'll buy in. So that'll be the main, that'll be the number one focus is getting them to buy into what he brings to Ole Miss. Yeah, because you were in that room and I'm sure when Ed O was fired, there was a similar reaction. You expect emotion from the players that they lose their head coach. There was investment. I know there are a lot of horror stories with Ed Orgeron, but there was also a faction that really loved Ed Orgeron and were certainly upset when he was gone. So dealing with that and then the head coach comes in, it's human nature that they immediately get on board, right? That most of the guys that are threatening to leave or getting mad or saying some things in the moment after the head coach has been fired, those guys get on board pretty quickly with a new hire, right? If you make the right one. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. I mean, it's a lot of excitement surrounding Lane being hired already. So, I mean, a lot of guys, they are aware of who he is. I mean, so he'll bring a lot of excitement to the program. It's just getting them to buy in and just putting in that work. Like I said, just being a complete football player on and off the field and him instilling discipline in them and getting the program turned in the right direction. Well, Ole Miss hasn't been to a bowl in four years. So when you look at this program, these guys on the current roster, they haven't experienced winning before. Y'all had to learn how to win. How do you learn how to win and finding that winning culture? How tough is it? Just like I said earlier, just getting guys to buy in and believe. That's one of the things Houston kept kept pounding in us when uh, when he came uh, when he came to head coach was just us to believe because a lot of the guys hadn't uh, experienced uh, hadn't went to a bowl game with Jamarcus Sample or Parade Jerry or Mike Boyle. I was just coming in bowl. Nobody really experienced going to a bowl. So that's one of the things he used to tell us. You guys just believe in my system and put the work in. 
I'm telling you, I'll get you to a bowl game. So that's one of the things we did. That's the year we beat Florida. Everybody remember the year when we beat State, we beat LSU. We just, man, that's one of the things we used to tell one another in the locker room was we won't believe and buy in. And we bought in. We turned that thing around and went 9-4 that year. What was it like, having not experienced a bowl before, going to that bowl season in Houston's first year? Well, it was my first year, so, I mean, it was it was, it was was exciting, man. It definitely gave us something to build off of next year. It gave us something to build off of next year, and we just came in that next year, and we just remembered that feeling. And we always used to tell one another, we got to get back to that feeling. Ain't like what Houston used to always say, ain't nothing like a celebrated locker room. Well, tell me how life's going for you, Poe. What are you up to right now? This is good. Uh, I'm doing a lot of stuff on the side, a lot of recruit, uh, hip guys recruit. Uh, uh, my buddy got just scout and deal going on. So I've just been talking with him, just really just going to a lot of NFL games, uh, catching up with a lot of buddies, really just enjoying life, man, enjoying my son, watching him grow up. So I'm going to make you make a prediction right now, the way too early Jarrell Poe prediction for Lane Kiffin's record in his debut go. season. There you go. There yeah. you go. There yeah. you go. Now you don't do me like that, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, baby. All right. I, I say this right here. The first year, mm, I say seven or five. Oh. Seven or five with a Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. I say seven or five. One big win. One big win over one of the biggest schools in San Francisco right now. I say seven to five. Are you going to be in Houston for Ole Miss uh, Baylor? Come on, man. Come on, man. It'll be Jay's first. Well, it'll be his second game when he attended one with his little boy. So, I mean, <laughs> that's his city he lives in. So, that's mandatory. I take him to the game. So, we'll be there. That's what I'm saying. He's Jarrell Poe, former Ole Miss defensive lineman, all-time great. My friend, you did it at the last minute. Thank you. I appreciate you. We'll talk again. Oh, no problem, man. It's always good catching up with you. Anything, bro. That was former Ole Miss defensive lineman, all-time Ole Miss football great Jarrell Poe on the Modern Woodman phone line. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave that five-star review. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a food of 247 Sports. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. It's Christmas time, the best time of the year. Time to celebrate with family and friends and maybe just treat yourself or significant other to your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. And there's only one place to stop, and that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And there's no better time to go. It's year-end clearance time, which means you can save big, big money. They're closing out old models for the new 2020s coming in, so head on over to 2201 East University Avenue that's just past Kroger in Oxford and go get the new Ram 1500, the 2500, a Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, a Dodge Charger, a Chrysler Pacifica. That's in my garage right now. Purchased where? At Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. But there are numerous reasons why drivers choose Alan Samuels of Oxford. They proudly serve Oxford, Batesville, New Albany, Cenotopia, and Memphis, and their teams of sales advisors, service technicians, and financing experts are trained with one focus in mind, addressing each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. At Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, their team will be happy to fill you in on each of the reliable options in their inventory, and when the time comes for you to drive home in your next car, maybe wrap a bow on top of it, their auto finance team will be standing by with solutions to fit your individual needs. 
They truly have every one of your automotive needs covered. The only question left now is how can they best serve you? So give them a call, 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or the address, once more, 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. That was Drell Poe, former Ole Miss defensive lineman, all-time Ole Miss great. What is your final number one overall takeaway from Ole Miss hiring Lane Kiffin? I grew up at Ole Miss. I grew up going to Vaughn Hemingway and Grove and that type thing. And, and honestly, for the first time since I've been following them, I guess 20 years or so, it, it feels like that they're interested in competing uh, to win the SEC West and, and to go to Atlanta. Did Hugh Freeze have some teams that could go to Atlanta? Sure. Hugh Freeze's hire was not one that reeked of one that was more than just hiring the guy at Arkansas State. Like for the first time in, in my lifetime, it feels like that with Keith Carter, I mean, he demands that you're going to win here by God. And if you don't win here, you're going to leave. Um, so when you hire a guy like Lane Kiffin, it, it, it certainly exudes that expectation. And frankly, if you told me Ole Miss is in Atlanta in seven or eight years by that time, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I think this is going places, man. And I, I think this is the most excited this fan base has been in, in four years. And frankly, it's about time. I could buy that. It's first Atlanta trip. I don't know if Lane Kiffin's the head coach in eight years. If you told me in eight years they're going to get there, I could buy it because I think Keith Carter is going to keep swinging for the fences. Colin and I are hardcore baseball nerds. We're saber nerds. <laughs> We're analytics junkies. For us, strikeouts don't mean much. Step into the batter's box, do damage. When you make contact, hit it hard and hit it far. And Keith Carter is stepping into the box. He's swinging hard, and he's going to whiff, potentially. Maybe he even whiffs with Lane Kiffin. I don't think so. I think it's a great fit. I think it's the only fit, the perfect fit for right now. But even if he whiffs, there's going to be a time, and it might be right now, that he hits it over the fence. And I commend him. He needed stones to do it because Friday... There was some push. And I will say this, too. I want to say this. The Mike Norvell stuff on the Spirit on Friday morning, that wasn't bullshit. That was real. <laughs> it was all Florida State in that office all week. Just trust me when I say the Ole Miss Spirit had sources inside that building. And I'm going to leave it there. And on that Friday, sources in that building told the Ole Miss Spirit, oh, it's been all Florida State all week, but right now it's Ole Miss. I saw that as a straight leverage play for Florida State. And it wasn't coincidental, in my opinion, that the Florida State AD then immediately asked for a 20% increase in giving so they could support the coaching search, their next coaching hire. So Keith Carter made Florida State pay off the ass for uh, Mike Norvell and took Arkansas's coach in a matter of 24 hours. <sighs> what a wild week. <laughs> I apologize if I was all over the place. I went to a Christmas party before we recorded, and uh, there were some libations that were extended to me. <laughs> And I had some fun. I haven't had a lot of fun this week. It's fun to watch Ole Miss fans get the guy they want. That's a really cool thing. Props to Neil McCready. He was the first to report that it was done or nearing getting done. I thought I had it pretty strongly on Thursday, but I didn't go out on that ledge. Neil did, and he was right. Props to Neil. I'm tired of all the sight war bullshit. I don't like it. Those guys work hard. We work hard at the Spirit. Y'all got Lane Kiffin, man. <laughs> Y'all got Lane Kiffin. Enjoy it. Enjoy it, period. I would be lying through my teeth 
if on Tuesday you had told me that on Saturday Ole Miss was going to be introducing Lane Kiffin as its head coach? No way in hell. No. No. That's just not what the information was on Tuesday. Then it got hot. And boy, did that train just gain so much momentum. And here we are. Ole Miss did something it never does. And that's my biggest takeaway. And I don't know if it's going to work, but I don't care if it does or doesn't because the tone and tenor of Ole Miss football and its approach to athletics has changed. Ole Miss is willing to take chances. I hope you've enjoyed the coverage of the coaching search wherever you got it. Um, Some of you shared some kind words. I can't tell you how much it means to me. It really means a lot. But if you got it from somewhere else, from Neil, from Chase, from Parrish, from Nate, from Nick, great. Nothing else matters. All the other stuff is nonsense. Lane Kiffin is the head coach of Ole Miss football, (laughs) and that is wild. (laughs) (laughs) What a world we live in. It's just wild. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. Only going to do one more show this week. (laughs) It's probably going to be on Wednesday or Thursday. I need a break. Need a break. I gave you a Sunday edition. It's what you wanted. As you await Lane Kiffin's press conference in the pavilion, open to the public, Monday at 1 p.m. I have a feeling by the time Lane Kiffin steps to the podium, it will be standing room only. Be the first time that a pavilion's probably sold out. <laughs> ooh, ooh, sassy Colin Brister. <laughs> We're done. I'm done. Thank you, man. Absolutely.